0: Since I just school I've had it no forty day. I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way. I play new UK I need f I
1: need five Hey everybody, it's the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. Uh welcome back. I'm Shane and I'm Finn. And uh, we're here with another episode, which has been weekly for the past little while due to various commitments and also not a tremendous amount of stuff happening. Um, but we're here again to do the longer form podcast and we'll aim to probably be somewhere around just over an hour something like that we'll have Scott Anclift on the uh, the episode as we do from uh mo- for most times and uh he'll be here doing Cliffy's notes um which will be a roundup of stuff happening around the uh British hockey leagues and some other things like that. Uh we got loads of other news too. What else we got, Finn? Uh we have some big CWHL
0: news. Oh yeah. Uh not great. Um we have quite a few Leafs games um to catch up on. Yep. Uh quite a few Leafs things just in general to talk about.
1: Yep um and um some a couple little controversies around uh we're going to talk a bit about uh fighting yes and um and get into um probably a few other stats and things like that along the way and i know you got a couple of Finn's crazy questions and we might actually have a question or two from the audience here if we look into the emails and that sort of thing i'm just going to do this that was Okay. Right, I'm ready. Uh, So, some bad news from the CWHL. Let's kick off with that because um, uh, we may be, our podcast may be like the kiss of death for an entire hockey league. So, uh, those people that have been tuning in uh, with us for a while know that... um, so for 2019 we've tried to get ourselves more involved in women's hockey and this was off the back of some um, incredible performances by um, a few uh, pro players at the um, all-star weekend and uh, so we tried to start covering a bit more looking into some of the pro leagues women's pro leagues that are around and um, last week we actually looked into um the uh, scores for the uh, Clarkson Cup, which was the which is the basically the Stanley Cup for the Canadian Women's Hockey League, uh, which was won by Calgary Inferno this year. And um, after all that happened, we went through the um, the the playoffs. We covered those and the score and. Um, that was just last the p- our last podcast. We talked about how brilliant a season it was. We even went over the league-ending awards that were given out to people. Yep. And since then, in one week, uh, an incredibly devastating announcement has come out. Yeah,
0: the CWHR
1: has been disbanded um, due to fund issues. Yeah, unbelievably, uh, news has just come out that they're actually not—they're winding up the whole league. So after all that work, uh, raising the profile of not only the sport, but that league, uh, they folded. Um, they run, they've they run out of cash. And uh, this does happen from time to time. And I'm going to ask Cliffy about it when he's on later, um, because it is, um, you know, symptomatic of a, a league that's too small, really. And uh, the smaller the league, the harder it is for them to try and cope with uh, the financial demands. So... Less teams means less people chucking money into the pot, less advertising, uh, less marketing, um, you know, all those sorts of things. And it's a real struggle. And uh, the CWHL was quite a small league. So uh, fingers crossed that now the hard work will start behind the scenes now that's the off season of them trying to put together some, some semblance of another new league. But I think you were talking about this the last time that we were looking at the um, NWHL as well.
0: Yeah, so another theory that uh, you and me came up with is that the CWHL and the NWHL could merge to make an overall bigger league, uh, to have more teams, and it would be more kind
1: of like the NHL, um, which would be great. It would be great. Now, the thing is is that, that I mean, um, when you get into the um, size of a league like the NHL, and uh, and that that is a quantum leap in money, right? And this is another thing that we've never really uh, discussed or looked into: is the whole obviously disparity be- between what a, a women's pro hockey uh, player might be getting paid and a men's, and obviously there'll be, you know, embarrassingly there'll be a huge difference, right? Um, I can't imagine the likes of um, superstars like Decker and Coyne and whatnot—they're not making uh, five million dollars a year. The you know they'll be making—I would gu- i am gonna guess maybe thousands. And, um, although some of them are scoring some cool sponsorship deals, but anyway, the money just isn't there, but you need big money when your league gets geographically big, because obviously then you're getting into teams that are having to fly from one game to another and their costs just go up massively. Right. So you're right though. The one thing about those two leagues is they're fairly compacted around sort of the great lakes area which is how the Big Six started out, you know, both sides of the border, um, sort of around the Great Lakes. But you've got Calgary way out on a limb there. Uh, So those teams are already having to get on a... Like Toronto, for example. Toronto Furies have to get on a plane to fly to Calgary to play a game there, and vice versa. So there's a lot more to figure out logistically. But, you know, here's hoping um, that something will be be worked out. But really devastating news after having a, a great... Uh, discussion about them last week and um, them just ha- uh, celebrating their championship to hear only days later they announced that the whole league's gone bust.
0: Yeah. Um, however, this does bring uh, one question around that I thought I'd ask you. And it's to do with uh, if if both, te- uh, both leagues end up merging. And that is, could Brianna Decker and Kendall Coyne play on the same team?
1: Yeah, well that would be amazing, right? And so... Um, i just mentioned a minute ago the sponsorships so uh decker uh, definitely i think well i know decker for sure i think coin as well have picked up adidas sponsorships and i'm guessing they'll be big right because um the people trying to uh bring some equality to the sport are the big sponsors like nike and uh and adidas so adidas will be paying them out some good money i would hope and um if they've just signed them up to a sponsorship deal, they want them to play, right? They want them on a team and uh in a in a league and, and everything else. So um hopefully some of those big sponsors could uh form part of the solution here.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool uh having both uh both Decker and Coin uh USA teammates on the same team. Yeah, that would sure, be cool. Which I believe would be the uh the white caps, or ice caps
1: or something. Well, so um, at the moment, remember, no team is folded. So the uh, Inferno still exists as a team. It's that the league that they're playing in is folded. So the question is whether or not they can find a home in another league and, uh, or whether you know, those teams get wound up and a whole new thing gets started or, or what. But, um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the players and on, a te- on the teams in the CWHL are now homeless. Yeah. But their team is homeless. So who knows we'll just have to uh we'll keep an eye on it basically, and we'll keep reporting on uh, on it as we find out more, but some pretty devastating news on, on that front yeah uh, okay uh should we talk about the lease uh do you want to go into the games or yeah let's talk about the games because um i'm I'm just still buzzing about last night's result, and I know we don't want to start there, but um let's go back over some of the pretty crappy. Games that we've had over the past week. Uh,
0: I mean, they haven't all been bad, but um, least uh, started off uh, against Florida. That's the uh, l- earliest earliest game. Yeah. Um, and then they played Philly, then Ottawa, and then uh, the Islanders. Um. So if I go here, uh, let's look. Um, who's say? Florida? Yeah. So we started off uh, with a win. Seven five win, uh 7-5 win over florida mhm uh, i'm pretty sure uh the season series is tied uh being 2-2 two two oh right okay in the regular season uh two games apiece yep um uh final score uh yes yeah, 7-5 um for once uh, the shots and goals were uh, quite close in being 37 to 36 um Oh, and I'm looking here in the first period looked uh, pretty pretty eventful with uh six goals being scored in one period. Um so first goal uh for the Leafs uh Patrick Marlowe. Uh assist going to Nazem Kadri and Kasperi Kapanen. Uh second goal uh to the Leafs uh Jacob muzin again. Uh assist going to Andreas Janssen and Nikita Zaitsev. Uh third goal, uh John Tavares. Um with assists going to Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Uh and then to make it three one, uh Florida scores. Um don't know how you how you pronounce that name, but just know they scored. Um uh John Tavares scores again. Um assists going to Zach Hyman and William Nylander uh, to make it four one. And then uh Florida make it four to two uh with Matheson. And that's one period. Score be, being four to two. Tavares already with two. Um, so are going into the second period. Yep. Um, Leafs. Uh, Leafs are the only team to score in this period. John Tavares completes his hat trick. Nice assist going to Morgan Raleigh and William Nylander. Really. Uh, third period. Uh, John Tavares gets. F- uh, does an Austin Matthews to get four goals. <laughs> That's awesome. To get his forty-fifth goal on the season. With assist going to Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman. Uh, six uh, To make it 6-3, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau.
1: 6-3 and we're in the second period. Yes. All right, carry on. Nine Good goals goal. already. Wow. Uh,
0: Zach Hyman uh, gets his 20th. Uh, assists going to Morgan Riley and Mitch Marner um, to make it 7-3. Uh, Huberdeau scores again to make it 7-4. And the name I'm not even going to try to say, uh, scored to make it
1: 7-5. Nice. Okay,
0: so fi- uh, final score seven to five. Yes, uh, Mitchie with a three point night and um, uh, Tavares uh, with four goals.
1: Wow, that's a good game.
0: Yeah, so uh, we we did well with uh, Florida, and that was after the New York Rangers loss. Yeah. Uh, one we watched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we go to Philly, who we'd uh, just beaten uh, the week before,
1: I believe. Um and we lost to them in a shootout the first shootout of the season. Yeah, that's amazing. I was thinking that too when I, uh, I so I didn't watch that when I lo- I looked at the box as soon as I got up. And uh, I was looking and I'm like does that say SO? Um, but yeah, first shootout. So, uh, went from like uh, an el- a goal, sorry, a game with 11 goals scored in it. Was it 11 or a 12? Uh, yeah, 12, uh, 12. <laughs> to a game with a grand total uh, in r- regulation time of t- uh, eight. Eight goals? Yeah. Um, in regulation time? Yeah. Wow. Uh, cause you got, uh,
0: yeah, you got four goals scored by Philly in the last two periods. Oh, that's right. And then four
1: goals in total for the Leafs. Right. And so we lost it on the shootout, so we get a pity point.
0: I mean, point to point. I know, I know we always, uh, hate pity points and I, uh, still don't like them. Um, but at least we're uh, we're on the receiving side of one for once. Yeah.
1: Okay, so um that was uh Philly. Uh yes. Uh let's you wanna go through the goals? Let's just run through leaves. Okay, uh, so Connor
0: Brown uh for the in the first period uh, scores the first goal, assist going Tyler Ennis and Freddie Gucci. Uh Nazim Kadri uh scores second goal. Uh assist going to Connor Brown. Uh three goals by Philly. And then in the third period, uh, Austin Matthews um, unassisted. Another Philly goal and William Nylander um, assist going to Austin Matthews. Um, And then only, I'm looking here, there's only one goal in the shootout. Uh, For
1: for us? No, for Philly. Oh, for them. So, yeah.
0: Uh, Sean Couturier. Right.
1: Okay. So that was... So bummer. Yeah, it was not a shootout, but hey... Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's actually if it only ever happens this is the, I remember like shootouts happening just so rarely when I was a kid. Um so if they happen really rarely like one a season or whatever, I I don't mind. It's probably probably pretty cool to see every once in a while. Yeah. So uh that's all right. What uh and so that takes us on to the Islander game? No, Ottawa. Ottawa, sorry. I was
0: the weekend. Uh we watched this game as well. Yeah. Um and I dislike Dislike thoroughly this game, um, seeing as the sh- we doubled the shots of Ottawa. Uh, they, oh took yeah. they took they took twenty two, we took forty four. Yeah. Uh, scoreless uh, first period. Uh, two goals by Ottawa in the second. Bear in mind Sparks was in goal. Yeah. And third period, at uh, least tied up two two with uh, a goal by Austin Matthews, assisting to Mitch Marner and Ma- Morgan Riley, and uh, Connor Brown, uh, assisting to Ron Hainsey. And then uh, they concede
1: two goals, uh, to yeah to Ottawa, and wow. then uh, lose four two. So uh, double the shots. But that was the night. Who's the goal? Who was the goalie for the uh, for the Sens that night? Uh, Craig uh, Craig Anderson. Yeah, he he was, uh, he was on fire. He's uh, he's always been a good goalie. Yeah, no, but uh, but so we we took forty four pokes at him, and they still won with twenty two shots at Sparks.
0: Yeah, um, that's appar- bad odds. Yeah, uh, someone did. Someone did a thing. Uh, biggest, biggest things in the world. Right. They had like, uh, you know, like the Empire State Building, like big, big <laughs> towers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And then the biggest one was um, Sparks' five-hole. Uh, oh man! Then I swear, literally, the first two goals were just
1: hard shots from like uh, w- not even past the circle. As soon as this, as soon as Sparks starts doing a bit of sieving up, social media just lights up with one name. You know who it is? Uh, wait, they're, they're dissing, dissing
0: Sparks? Or are you going, Anderson? N-
1: no, so it's Sparks start sieving up, and they immediately start saying that, that we should have had this other person in there. McElhaney. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's like, oh, if we had McElhaney, blah, 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 blah. We should have had Clutchins. Uh, you know, this is... Uh, I... I absolutely love the Leafs. And most true Blue Leafs fans are totally awesome as well. But God, we suffer from some pretty fickle fans that are up and down like that. Yeah. You know, and it's it's no wonder a team ends up sort of having this traditionally yo-yo type of gameplay when their fans are totally hot and cold like that too. And they're just so quick to jump on the, you know, we should have done this, or we should have done that, or he should be fired, and he's no good, and that sort of thing. Why can't you just love the team for a season? Yeah, get behind them and say, "Hey, you know, tough luck, We're a team, and we're in the we're in the we're heading for the playoffs, who knows, yeah, but anyway, so um, that was the Sens game, and then last night was um a hallelujah moment as far as I'm concerned, this season, yeah, it wasn't even a particularly amazing game. It was just a few things about the game for me that makes it like an excite, you know, an awesome sort of event in the year. Yeah, um, but one thing before we move on to this game. Okay. Um, Dermot made his return uh, against Ottawa. Mm. That's right, back off the IR, and um, Dermot had what? What did he have again? What was he? Oh, I got to go back. Just like flu or something.
0: Uh, let me look. I'll try and find I it. I Can't remember. Uh, uh, di- diarrhea. You go. <laughs> no, uh, doesn't
1: matter. But yeah, no, you're right. He was off for a while, and he was back. Um, so we we got a player back. Was Gardner playing?
0: Uh, no, he is skating with the team normally.
1: Yeah. Um, so he's back training, but he hasn't hit a game yet. As he, yeah, maybe no, tonight he actually. Maybe. He, uh,
0: uh, there are things saying that um, he should be he should make his return sometime this week
1: right, right, so there's a game tonight I think a game well there'll be a game on the s- last uh, game Friday. I- oh wait yeah no there's a there's a game Thursday I think against Tampa Bay no well uh, that's w- I think that you'll find that's your time thing so it's 12.05 on Wednesday there's one on um, no because we have a back-to-back because we have one tonight
0: uh, next game is Thursday at what time oh no wait sorry yeah, Wednesday at midnight. So, Wen- like,
1: yeah. So, Wednesday, I said, and then when's the next one?
0: Uh, Saturday. Right, okay. Just says Thursday on my thing. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it is sorry, it is Thursday. Because of the Carolina games tonight. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Cool, so, uh, but anyway, the Islanders game. Last thing, Dermot, I got his injury. Oh, right. He, had a, he was out uh, with a shoulder injury. That's right,
1: that's right, I remember now. Um, so, um, n- uh, reports yeah. in the media and stuff buzzing around social media and that sort of thing were saying that, you know, uh, Taveras was going to be in for another rough ride when they went to, um, Long Island. And, uh, there was lots of counter reports and articles from, um, Sportsnet and stuff saying, well, you know. Leafs fans are prepared for that and they're prepared to uh, support him and defend him and that sort of thing so all that crap came up again before we went off to uh, face the Islanders last night in Long Island Um,
0: yeah so there was all this thing all these things obviously Islanders still sending hate and stuff um, to John Tavares and uh, John Tavares was like and the Leafs and uh, Freddie Anson decided we're going to change things around yeah Uh, with a great game last night um, yeah fantastic going to it uh Anderson is back to being Anderson. He's uh he had a 5-day rest or something. Yep. Uh, he's, he's uh feeling better now. Yeah, obvious fresh. Obviously, he only let in uh, one goal and 29 shots, which that's doesn't awful. sound great, but welcome to the NHL. Yeah. Uh Leafs took 38 shots. Right. Uh that was a scoreless first period. Yeah. That's good. That's a good start to a
1: game. Yes. Exciting.
0: Um and uh forgot to say, uh, Leafs uh recalled Callie Rosen from the Marlies. Oh, yeah. and uh in his first game against the Islanders uh he scores his first NHL career goal.
1: Gosh, man, we we'll let's look into that stat because all of these call-ups man score on their first on their debut. Yeah. It's pretty rare that we've had somebody that we called up that didn't score on their debut. Oh yeah, like Patan. they might not they might not go on yeah. to score, but um it definitely uh loads of them that tend to score on their debut.
0: Janssen, Hall, Dermott, uh Rosen and Patan. Yeah. The ones I can think of now, but I'll yeah. probably have to look up. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: It, amazing. It must be just, you know, it's the game of your life, right? You got called up to the show, and you are literally going to play out of your skin to try and score. That yeah. And it works. So, Callie Rosen, actually, is, um,
0: he's a prospect uh, for the defense. That's awesome. So, we've got a nice prospect who uh, sc- can score goals, That's obviously. great. Yeah, that's uh, great. So, Callie Rosen scores the first goal, 2 minutes 17 into the second, assist going to... Connor Brown, his twenty-first, and Nazem Kadri, his twenty-sixth.
1: Oh, Naz! Nice. Awesome. Yes,
0: and uh, this is a b- this is pretty nice feel-good moment here. Go on. Very nice uh, assist going to uh, our boy Mitch Marner yeah. with his sixty-seventh assist. Great. And um, this was uh, this was the pretty much the, c- the killing blow to anyone trying to uh, diss Tavares uh, with John Tavares scoring his forty-sixth goal. Assist going to Mitch Marner uh, against his former team in Long Island. The faces on some of the fans was genuinely hilarious if you watched the playback.
1: So uh, yeah, and so um, I believe he also pulled uh, John Tavares had a little uh, sit in the penalty box last night. Oh yeah. And um, I saw a video of one of the Islanders fans who who was sitting beside the penalty box, and he was literally he looked like an idiot. This guy, you know how you look at someone and you just look at them and you're like, that guy's an idiot. Yeah and uh he was literally screaming in Tavares's face like through the crack in the p- in the panels of glass. Yeah. So that Tavares mm-hmm. could hear it like you suck and you're a fake and a phony and a liar and all this sort of th- stuff, yeah. you know. And I uh, just looking at that and and I think, you know what? That guy's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I um, mean <laughs> I, you know, I don't care how wound up you get about your game or your team or whatever else. That is just obscene behavior you know that gu- he's just a guy he's just a guy sat there in the penalty box yeah and so he's says so this dude attacks him and whatnot calling him a fake and a liar and everything else and blames all of the islanders woes on that poor g- that poor torontonian that dared go back to play in his hometown which was has been his dream his whole life
0: yeah and um the, the best bit is that the reason he got so angry it's um uh tavaro's basically got put in the box and um it, ca- it came on loud because uh, John Tavares scores to make it 2-0 or something. Yeah, so and they lost his mental. goal
1: right as he went in the box. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But anyway, a fantastic result. And, um, you know, in uh, uh, in British vernacular, they call in in uh, North America, you fl- you flip the bird, which means holding up your middle finger. Here, it's uh, two fingers up, they call it. And um, that's John Tavares f- in British vernacular sticking two fingers at soundly up at the Islanders, so he must have just been on a total high last night. About a few solid beers were uh, consumed by those guys last night.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what a game. And uh, good to see Freddie back uh, looking like Freddie. Yeah, no, um, absolutely.
1: And the big one
0: is um, we clinched. Yes,
1: we clinched the playoffs. Yeah. So we are definitely playing Boston. It's so funny because I remember last year me and you, uh, sitting around having these discussions and, um, and it was nail biter waiting. Did we clinch? Are we going to clinch tonight? What do we need to do to clinch? And following Leafs Nation and various other, uh, groups on Facebook and stuff and and everybody calculating it and explaining, right, if we do this and -and so-and-so does that and someone else loses here, we'll clinch tonight and then we wouldn't do it and we wouldn't clinch and it's like okay that all changes so now we need to win blah 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 and somebody else needs to lose to so and so and then if that happens tonight we'll clinch and then that didn't happen you know it was a total nail biter whereas this year it's we've known for a while um, that we only needed one point out of the last four games or something like that to clinch and it just it's you're in a different place as a fan when uh, when you're not just hoping by the skin of our teeth we might scratch our way into the playoffs. We're in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really good. It is really um, good. Um and and I uh am confident that <laughs> we will uh beat the Bruins.
0: <coughs> yeah, definitely. Uh Yeah, we've talked about this um in a early in a podcast not not long ago. Um about our odds of uh beating uh Boston and I think uh, we talked about it. I think we can do it. Yep. Um before we move on though, um basically New York just just scored one goal. Oh uh, yeah, with five minutes left. Um, but right. yeah, yeah. Sorry, so it was two. That was two nil. Yeah, that that was s- But that was the s- the significance of uh, Tavares' goal is that uh, it w- it was the, the game winner. Goal. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's no, absolutely amazing. So um. uh, so so that's that was great. Um, a couple people didn't play last night. A couple people went to IR. Is that right? Uh. So did Muzzin end up? Um, Muzzin and. Uh, Johan, sorry. Wait, let me have a look at this. Okay, who who are you talking about? Sorry.
0: Um, a guy called Joe Muzzin. He plays defense for the Maple Leafs. Jo- Joe Muzzin, Jake yeah. Muzzin, you mean? Jake Muzzin. Yeah. What was that? Oh, yeah. I know what you it's mean. My no, um, Muzzin did did Muzzin played last night. Did he? Who's I'll tell that? you who didn't. Right. So this was a thing that they said before the game. Uh, Andres Jonsson and Muzzin are out of practice right. due to one having food poisoning and one having the chills. That's right. Muzzin, everyone there thinks had the chills because that's not too bad. Right. I don't even know what that is. I think it's like, uh, you know when you know when you were like feeling really bad and you came home after like a hockey game and you were like shivering, but you were like really hot.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, actually. I think that, I think that's the chills. It's weird. Yeah. So there's something where your body temperature actually gets too high or something like that. Your uh, core temperature gets too high and it uh, manifests itself in the chills. Yeah. And
0: um, so I think everyone uh, thinks that Muzzin had the chills uh, again because it was not too bad. And Janssen uh, is had food, food poisoning. poisoning, which is actually quite, kind of serious. So
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, y- hopefully it'll clear up. I bet he'll be back on the ice tonight.
0: Yes. Um, uh, do you wanna? Before we, uh, I think we got to go talk to Cliffy oh in yeah. a
1: minute. Yeah, we have got to keep an eye on the time. Um, oh god, yeah. Time's getting on. What th- were you gonna say? I was
0: gonna say one last thing. Uh, two other things that happened in that game uh, is that uh, Tavares sets a franchise record for goals in a season. Um, with um, his 46th, so he only needs uh, 4 more goals to hit 50 and Mano hits 92 points Um, so only 8 points uh, he only needs 8 points in 3 games to get 100 wow, which is a pretty big milestone for him,
1: that's awesome that's an awesome milestone Um, (coughs) right, so we need to do Cliffy's Notes, okay let's uh, see if we can get Scott on the phone okay no. Hey, so we've got uh, Scott with us again, Scott and Cliff. Cliffy, are you there?
2: I am indeed. Good evening, guys.
1: Hey, great to have you back on again, man. Um, loads yeah. loads have happened since uh, since we were last on together um, around various leagues and uh, big stuff with uh, women's hockey as well. We mentioned in just before you came on, we were talking about how um, you know, we've just suddenly sta- I don't know, I hope we're not the kiss of death for, for women's hockey, we just started talking about CWHL and that sort of thing and uh, that league's folded uh, but I know mm-hmm. that we wanted to talk a bit, a, a little bit more about um, what's happening in women's hockey here uh, in the UK and also it'd be great to um, have a, a bit of a roundup on what's happening with obviously the uh, Elite League and that sort of thing as well
2: Yeah, no, it sounds great to me and uh, like you say, very Uh, It's very sad what's been happening with the CWHL, obviously disbanding and ceasing operations as of May the first, and uh, it's very tough to see. And particularly when the women's game has been growing, you know, particularly over here in the UK, and you know, as we fought in North America. But with that announcement, yeah, it's it's very sad.
1: Well, let's—I mean, let's hang on that point for a second, actually, before we get into the rest of it, because um, when we uh, spoke to you last last time, um, we were talking about how Nat. Aldridge had um, sort of put an open letter to to the league um, out on social media about the fact that they, at very short notice, switched their um, finals uh, the yeah. finals venue from Sheffield to uh, Leeds. Is that right?
2: Um, no, it's from Sheffield to Widnes. So that's. To witness. Um, yeah, sort of in in between, sort of Liverpool and Manchester, so it's in, right. in the sort of northwest area yeah, yeah. of the UK.
1: But at the at the the point of it, of of it is still the same, which is they switched the venue uh, at the last minute. So all these te- all the teams had pre-booked hotels and all that sort of stuff. So it was a mad scramble. Yep. And in fact, on the show, um, on the podcast, when we were all on, we couldn't, we weren't a hundred percent sure what the reason was, and we now know, and we um, revealed on on social media over the week um nat reached out, or actually somebody else from the team reached out to us and said that it was because they um held a they were double booked and instead they're holding a, a u nine tournament uh at sheffield mm. so the uh elite league of women's pro hockey here was bumped for um some eight year olds uh, um tournament which yeah. which is just you know the final sort of insult to the whole situation but um but it's sort of you know there there's a there's a sort of a theme there and um and around this whole collapse of the CWHL and one of the, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was um m- in my opinion what's happened to the CWHL we shouldn't get too panicked about that because the CWHL is a small a very small league and um mm-hmm. and as you know uh, really small leagues can r- really struggle and they literally limp from year to year and uh, yep. in fact some of them can just get into a series of sort of disbanding and, and sort of having to reinvent themselves season after season so I, I'm pretty sure that I remember that you know relatively some examples of that relatively happening here and I think that again it's down to the not being a huge league of teams have you do yep. you remember um, something like that happening here
2: uh, yeah, well, um, the, in the British sort of leagues, there's been a few, I guess, almost rebrandings of, of the British leagues. Um, so, fairly recently, um, the NIHL League, which is the uh, National League, the second tier, essentially, British eye hockey,
1: mm-hmm. that
2: used to be called the EPL, the English Premier League. That's right. And then below that, there were, uh, which effectively now is the NIHL2, used to be called the ENL, the English National League. So I wouldn't so much say recently a, a league has disbanded as such, but it's more, I guess, being restructured yeah. um, in terms of making things more... Fi- uh, maybe not so much financially viable, but um, almost making um, a bit more of a level playing field in terms of quality of opposition and, and things like that. So they've restructured the number of imports and things, yeah. um, imports being um, non-British players, um so that essentially is, is going to affect things like the the wage budget, and then that's yeah. going to eventually have an effect on the quality. So, I mean, I can see an, a, an argument for, for doing that because they're hoping to increase the you know British players available and and um, helping raise the the quality of the British players. However, for me. Having only two imports, as a a British player, you get better by playing with better players. So if you're reducing the number of imports, that's going to have a knock on effect in terms of quality and maybe hinder overall development. So it's a bit of a two edged sword, really. Yeah, it's a pros and cons to both.
1: It's a funny thing, and I know exactly what you're saying. And my perspective of playing in British hockey is, of course, from a beer leaguer's perspective, which is by no means anything like a pro but um interesting even in beer league and and you know this yourself that if you get the likes of some north americans on the same line as some europeans they tend to really play quite tightly together and the reason Mm -hmm. they do is because british this is my opinion as a canadian that british hockey it the setup is a little different and um and there's sort of a, the British way or the British, so British style. And then there's sort of everybody else. And, um, and if you limit it from there being too many um, foreign players, you're just not getting some of that other hockey goodness from other different systems and that sort of thing. And, but, the yeah. but the thing I, I would also say about um, foreign players is that all of this, to my mind, and th- this is going to sound pretty cynical, but I, I, I think I'm right here. It is down to money. And, mm. and the reason it's, it ends up being about money is because, truth be told, at the heart of the matter, and, and I know this because I sort of spoke to some of the managers of the teams down here around Swindon and whatnot when uh, the last time there was a bit of a, a shuffle around with things here. And it was to do with the have, the have teams and the have not teams. And the have teams could op- b- basically had the, all the money to buy whatever imports that they wanted. And uh. so you had teams like Swindon, for example, who had a house uh for players that they could fill with they had the money to fill with um, imports and that sort of thing and they could afford that whole thing so as an import at this at this level there's no no real money to to live on but if you can offer them a place a free place to stay and everything else you know you can be more attractive anyway um and so swindon was sitting on a house full of imports at one point and um and i think that um somewhere through those discussions it was well you know that just means that if you've got money you've got imports and if you've got imports you've got a whole other system of hockey and yep. uh, and so there was some definitely some of that in the grand leveling of things uh, of cutting out the number of imports but um you know correct correct me if i'm wrong but i think that the, there's definitely uh, economics play something in that
2: no yeah i completely agree with that and to an extent i mean that's how I guess lastly what folded was the ISL, the Ice Hockey Super League, so that ended in two thousand, the 2001-2002 season, which uh, if you're kind of looking back through it, that's probably one of the highest standards of hockey that's been over here in the UK, but it was at a cost of um, teams, almost like you say trying to outdo each other with the imports and yeah. it led to a bit of an arms race of, you know, we need to load up on these imports. And yeah. then you you basically teams with lower budgets felt that like they had to try and compete. So it was almost like a boom and bust type situation where players were then getting paid Sort of in in brown um, in brown sort of paper bags underneath yeah. the table and and players wise for getting a, um, a job in the club shop for four hundred pound a day or something like that you know to bump up the income and to try and get a, 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 around the wage budget and that obviously led to then basically teams trying to compete and not be able to keep up and then that's when the the league disbanded as such so um, and then that led to the start of the E I H L uh for the um 2003 2004 season. So um yeah so it, it yeah so it's been a bit of a strange time over here in the UK with sort of finances and, and some clubs going bust recently the Edinburgh Capitals um from the Elite League last year they struggled financially for a number of years um and then they've basically disbanded altogether and then recently this year with the Milton Keynes Lightning now announcing that they're going to during the newly formed NIHL so over here in the UK with it being such a niche sport finances are so important for UK ice hockey but without the likes of that sort of sponsorship and financial backing it then puts a lot of pressure on teams to be able to succeed in a in a niche sport against a lot of mainstream sports here in the UK so it's certainly a tough time and particularly with the financial climate as it is it's very challenging for a lot of teams
0: yeah, this, uh, this financial aspect uh, you can also be scaled up to the likes of the NHL, which is the reason they have the whole salary cap thing. Because you'd have teams like uh, Toronto just buying all the best players. And you'd have a team like Arizona who have no money whatsoever, just getting basically yeah. all
1: the worst players. So it can pr- pretty much be scaled up to all teams pretty much. It's, it's the whole thing in a nutshell, which is um, at the heart of it is not a bunch of people that are passionate about hockey. It's a bunch of business people. And uh, although there are some prominent figures around a sport that are always, you know, passionate and ex-players and things like that, and I'm thinking of the the likes of uh, Steve Nell, you know, ex-player and uh, owner of the sort of Swindon thing and passionate guy and everything else, but it does become – and this is no diss on Steve, he's a great guy – it does become about business, you know, it becomes about economics. And so it's a really long winded <laughs> roundabout way of, of coming back to the CWHL and saying to my mind, what's probably happening now is some mad work behind the scenes will be happening to reinvent and, um, you know, bring out something else, bring out a new league, especially on yeah. the backs of the likes of uh, Decker and coil getting huge contracts from Adidas. And, um, you know, they've been all over social media about it, which is great. And the Pay decker thing from CCM and and all that stuff. So there's now corporate backing there, there's sponsorship and everything else. So somehow all those factors are not going to just let that league die. Um, Mm. Hopefully they'll just be trying to think about how to reinvent it. I know one of the other things that happens is that when you join a league, um, you know, the boring money bit about uh, a professional sports league in any sport will be things like, your club has to uh, make a minimum threshold of so much money, you've got to hold so yep. mu- so many liquid assets in the bank and all that sort of thing. And if you fall below those thresholds, you just get kicked out of the league. Well, it's all good and well to have rules like that, but what happens if half the teams you know, don't make the money? The, the league mm-hmm. just collapses. And so they actually have to basically bankrupt the league in order to immediately reinvent the league and, yeah. bring, and bring all the same teams back again but give them just wipe this the slate clean financially and mm. let them have a go at it again so anyway hopefully that's what's happening with um with that league and um you know i'm still pretty hacked off with what's happening with um the the women's finals here in gb um but uh, but but where are they at with things is that is that are we in the middle of that is that yet to come or what's happening with that with that playoff series
2: uh, well, the playoffs, I believe, are upcoming. I'm not quite sure when the playoff weekend is. Um, sure. However, now at the minute, a lot of... It's a nice segue, actually. The Great Britain women's national team are currently playing up in Dumfries in Scotland. So Dumfries is a, a great venue. Um the very um good at supporting great British ice hockey. I mean they've had the under twenties up there recently. Um but yeah Dumfries Ice Ball um is currently playing host to the um World Championship um division two group. Um so group group A, uh, Division two, so Um, Basically, the GB women are playing, as we speak, actually, against Australia. And they took a 1-0 lead, GB, at the end of the first period. or towards the end of the first period. So, Beth Schoon grabbed the goal. But all the games, so we're live on Free Sports this week. Awesome. uh, Which is the free-to-air channel on um, Sky and digital television. Yep. Uh, So, the first game is tonight against Australia. Then the next game is Thursday against Slovenia, Mm -hmm. and then on Friday against Mexico, then Sunday against Spain, and then Monday against Korea. So, quite a hectic schedule for the girls, so they're going to be uh, exhausted at the end of it. Um, But, very, you know, a very good chance, and they were number one seed going into the tournament, so hopefully, uh, favourites to win and, and get promoted. Um, but they've got a great squad this year. They've got quite a few new faces to the team who've been announced recently, but a lot of veteran, experienced players. Uh, Saffron Allen, who I know listens to her show, um, I reached out to her to potentially grab her for an interview, and she awesome. agreed to it. So we just need to... Um, sort of make sure our schedules and um, we can find a free time for Saffron to come on for the show Um, but she she was announced as captain so a very experienced player and we obviously we want to wish the GB women's team all the best in their uh, campaign um, this week and, um, you know, they're, they're doing a great job so far, and long uh, may continue.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, it's great to know that uh, that we're connected to a few people. I think a couple other of the um, ladies, uh, pro ladies, and a couple GB players have um, connected with us on social media. So that's great. It would be fantastic to have wow. some of them on. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Best of luck, GB ladies, um, in, in that tournament. And here's hoping that uh, that, that we come away with the, with the victory on that.
2: Absolutely, and um, over in the Elite League, it's been a an interesting week as the um, the season comes to an end in terms of the regular season. So it's been a very tight race, as we know and as we've been talking about. So it's really come down to the wire on the final weekend, and Belfast Giants have been crowned the Elite League champions, and they broke the triple crown, or, or the or the possible third year in a row for the Cardiff Devils. Wow! So basically, Belfast. Um, They um, had a victory on Saturday evening, and then Cardiff lost to Coventry on Sunday evening. So quite an interesting uh, series of events. Um, Coventry beat Cardiff 3-1, and so Belfast won the title. They were level on points with Cardiff, um, so both teams played 60 games and they were level on 92 points, but Belfast won the league. On regulation wins with 45 yeah. as opposed to Cardiff with 43. Wow. Um, so really tight and quite a, an unfair way, I guess, to. Split the teams um, yeah. down to regulation wins. Um, so, a cruel way to, I guess, hand Belfast the title, but very well deserved. You know, they had a, um, a winning streak of four games previous to that, so they really dug deep. And um, yeah, coach Adam Keith wins his first league title.
1: Fantastic. And he's
2: a younger brother of Sheldon Keith, who's the Toronto Marlies uh, uh, coach, yeah. who's also yeah. won the title this season as well. So, wow. winning uh, winning family for those guys. Wow, but of- yeah, so. Belfast Elite League champions for the 2018-19 season.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, we did see that um, splashed about on social media for sure. That's really exciting. So now there's some unforeseen stuff there and it got really interesting at the end.
2: Mm, And then now the playoff um, quarterfinals have also been announced. So Belfast as number one seeds for winning the league will face Coventry as number eight seeds. Um, Cardiff who finished second will face Sheffield, who mm-hmm. finished seventh in the league. So that's going to be a tough, tough matchup for Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got a feeling Sheffield will feel the backlash of Cardiff um, losing the league title. So uh, it's going to be certainly a tough weekend coming up for Sheffield. And then Nottingham, who finished third, will be taking on the Five Flyers, who finished in sixth. And then the Glasgow Clan, who finished in fourth, will be taking on the Guildford Flames who finished in fifth. So some really good quarterfinal matchups, which meant obviously Dundee, Manchester, and Milton Keynes uh, were the last uh, three teams in the Elite League who missed out on those playoff spots.
1: Wow. So I remember talking about this for the past couple of weeks where I'm trying to think about that, that playoff table and where mm. um, Sheffield wanted to be in that, and they've actually ended up playing too well. Uh, yep. and uh, ended up too high in the table for where they'd like to be in the first round. They probably wanted to be facing off against someone like Guilford, really.
2: Mm, ideally, that would have been yeah, would have been a, an ideal scenario: Guilford or Glasgow. Maybe not Glasgow because we've had not had a great run against Glasgow. We seem to have had our number this season. Um, but yeah, Guilford. Or even as five would have been a, a better matchup, but that wouldn't have been possible with five finishing in sixth anyway. So we would have had to finish third and there was no way we would have done that on the points tie the Steelers run and uh, the Nottingham Panthers, who had seventy points. Um so yeah, so Guildford would have been ideal, however, um circumstances didn't allow. So Steelers are gonna face the uh, the mighty Cardiff Devils, so that's certainly gonna be a an interesting matchup and although saying that you know it's a it's a two-legged affair um anyone can i know it's cliche anyone can beat anyone on any given night you know it's just which team wants it more which team will show up and um playoff hockey is 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 a different beast altogether you know that's when players really thrive on that kind of environment You, you see a character of a player because playoff hockey is is like nothing else it's you know, everyone seems to be up for those games, and uh, I guess it's down to who wants it more. And uh, ultimately, we'll find out this weekend.
0: Yeah, and uh, witness a Cardiff uh, Steelers match We'll see the both the GB goalies face off against each other.
2: Mm, Yeah. Very good points. And um, yeah, Ben Bounds. Cardiff uh, netminder and GB number one, and then Jackson Whistle as well, who's uh, the netminder for the Sheffield Steelers, so yeah, very good point, Finn, and yeah, it could be down to Buffalo uh, goaltenders with two excellent goaltenders right there.
1: Yeah, well that always makes for a nice uh, series as well, so high shots, low goals, and just like maximum intensity, so that sounds really good, that sounds like a great matchup.
2: Yeah, so uh, bound to be a, an interesting weekend, and but for our next week's show, we'll have lots to talk about as well.
1: Yeah, fantastic. There is lots heating up, obviously, um, with the uh, Leafs we um, clinched last night. Um, mm. Just reminding me of uh, when I was thinking about, you know, um, Sheffield might have preferred a different draw for the uh, playoffs, and we've known for some time that we were going to go up against Boston, and there was just nothing that we could do about it. So yeah. um, it's the same, you know. I think about Sheffield, and I'm thinking, why Why not? Why can't they beat, a Car- you know, Cardiff? Uh, there's absolutely no reason why not um every uh series playoff series especially is a whole a brand new ball game and mm-hmm. uh and there's absolutely no reason why uh Leafs can't take it to the Bruins so we're looking looking forward to that eventually as well in the, in the coming weeks um mm, but absolutely we um Finn did you have one of your famous questions that you were going to throw out on uh, Cliffy's notes
0: yeah why not um it, obviously this is our least question because we're all Leafs fans here yeah um. Uh-huh. So my question, I'll I'll ask it to the both of you here. Um, which least player do you think will come in clutch in the playoffs, or be like a a surprise player? Uh, but you can't you can't you can't just be like a Marner or Matthews. It's gonna be someone that that uh, doesn't really stand out at the moment, but you think uh, might might uh, contribute something big t- uh, in the playoff run.
1: Yeah. So I'm 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 hearing that question, and I'm thinking just as a qualifier here, I'm I'm thinking that essentially what you're asking is to uh, us to make a sort of prediction of someone who just might come up big somehow yeah um that you know someone not necessarily obvious. Like so for example of something that's too obvious is you know austin matthews is probably on to score a couple couple key goals but um you're asking us to dig deeper and think of something some other scenario that might come out of nowhere exactly right hmm that's a tough one <laughs> uh I'll I'll uh, I'll take will take a stab at it first if you want, Scott.
2: Yeah, you go ahead. I've, I've got an idea in mind, but I'll uh, I'll see if yours matches up with mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look in between the pipes, and uh, ah okay. I'm gonna say that um. So w- before you came on tonight, Scott, we were talking about um the last few games and whatnot, and so uh, leafs have a have a moaning problem at the moment that uh, the they always jump in on their their goalies as soon as uh-huh. they uh, you know they aren't performing to the way the way that um, fans would like them to and yep. uh, and as soon as sparks puts a foot wrong at the moment there's always people cr- um, moaning about Juan and McElhaney and well maybe we should have kept McElhaney or maybe we should bring Hutchison back up and that sort of thing and so uh, so i'm going to say for me it's going to something's going to happen where sparks is going to stand on his head and make a real um, a real difference somehow in the playoffs, and it could be something like a shutout against Boston, for example, where we think, okay. um, you know, let's say that I don't even know what the scenario is that Sparks ends up in goal because um, the way that the the two ways that he can end up in there are either Freddie is somehow injured or ill, or um, uh-huh. Babs does this back-to-back thing where if there's two back-to-back games. Um, and Freddy's played one, automatically Sparks goes in the next game. Yeah. And that can somehow, that could line up. So imagine that anything can happen in a series, and um, maybe it's a night when we think everybody's like, oh, God, we need Freddy in there, but he's just played out of his skin the night before, and now suddenly, you know, they have to put Sparks in, and that will be Sparks' moment to pull a shutout and just stun us all. That's my prediction. Uh, Fair enough.
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good call. As we know, goaltending is massive at all times. When well, the playoff, it just seems to intensify even more. And I mean, looking back at those, you know, those those Leafs teams in the nineties, and and for example, someone like Cujo or Eddie Belfort coming yeah. up big, and you know, and relying on those guys. And um, but yeah, but I'm going to go down a different tact. I'm thinking two names two names stood out for me straight away but for slightly different reasons and one is Nazem Kadri mainly because you know he likes to play that gritty game and come yeah. the playoffs you need those guys who are willing to block the shots who are willing to stick up for teammates who are willing to go through a brick wall because it just intensifies so much, and I think someone like Nazem Kadri that suits his his style and his um, his demeanour, and he is that sort of leave it all on the ice type of player. Um, so I think Nazem Kadri could become big for not necessarily a scoring put in or scoring those crucial goals, yeah. although we know he is capable of that with the numbers he's put up, um, you know, in the past. But another name I'm thinking of mainly because of the experience. Um, and the being there, done that sort of um, experience is Patrick Marlowe. Yes, and you know the the playoff experience that Patrick's got. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the Sharks, I think that'll be crucial because we've got a very young team overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of young names on that on that roster. You guys like your Andreas and Johansson and and players like that, who Casper uh, Kapanen and yeah. those guys who very young, uh, Freddie Gauthier, the Goats, um, yep. Connor Brown, you know, those really young guys, Trevor Moore, yeah. uh, Nick Patan, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. who've not got that much playoff experience, but then having a leader, a veteran, you yeah. know, guys like Patrick Marlowe, Ron Hainsey in the locker room who've experienced that playoff hockey, that'll, that'll be crucial, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. That's such a good shout. Those are both great, and um, both players we love. Yeah, those are uh,
0: th- those uh, are are all really good picks. However, I'm going to throw one more name in here, and I'm going to say uh, for the same reason as a yeah, veteran leadership kind of thing, and I'm going to say Ron Hainsey. Um yeah. I f- do love Hensie for the reason that uh, he's a really solid D as well. We've seen especially recently is that uh, yeah. games his games definitely come back, so When, um, when um, we've yep.
1: really needed to depend on him due to injury, especially you know having guards yeah. out and stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, with um, when a uh, Gardner uh, comes back, um, he'll probably be pushed down to the third pair, which is uh, kind of the bottom pair. I know that doesn't sound great, um, but I- if he's um, if he's able to play on the first line or, se- or second line, uh, uh, D pairing, then uh, he's going to be uh, amazing on the th- on the third D pairing, and he'll be able to stop uh, stop the uh, better of the Bruins' lines, um, even on the third pairing, which means he'll be able to shut down the kind of th- the third fourth line. And I think that's going to really yeah. help
1: the Leafs in that way. It was uh, such a good question, Finn, tonight because uh, I am—I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm—I'm <laughs> literally sort of G'd up about it at the moment. Uh, that kind of—you know—I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, thinking about how awesome this playoff series could be. And so um, no, absolutely! When when you list some of those players like that, and you think of what each one of them brings to the system at the moment, and you know there is literally no reason why we aren't challenging for the cup. So um, fantastic and and great things to come, hopefully from from Leafs. I don't know, it's exciting times. <coughs> it absolutely is. It's a great time to be a Leafs fan, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I'm looking, well, um, oh, Finn's got his finger in the air. Yeah, I was going to say uh, one thing. We were talking
0: about the Cup run, and um, I am actually uh, followed this uh, this account called moneypuck.com oh, yeah. on uh, Instagram, and it shows all the playoff percentages of them, um, chances of winning and stuff. And uh, Leafs currently, as they sit, uh, have a 4.3% chance of winning the Cup, with the biggest percentage of winning being the Tampa Bay Lightning with 16.6. Uh, Which, if you think about it, if we keep winning games... (laughs) Those are pretty uh, low
1: percentages. Tampa Bay, league leaders ahead by 20 points have 16%. They've No, but got the highest percent. I I think it's all based on kind of... um, Splitting it amongst all the teams rather than it being a, a, um, what do you call it, a a possibility or a probability. It's split across teams or something, isn't it? Yeah. No, that's cool. Right. Okay. I'm Ooh. looking. At, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm thinking we have we got to get moving on. Um. So, Cliffy, we're gonna jump. Um. It was uh, abso- absolutely great. Uh. To have you on again this week, and um. And it's great. Uh. It's great to make some uh, connections within the GB team. So we'll be looking out to see if we can get um. Get somebody. One of the, one of the uh, ladies on the on the show. And uh, also really exciting hearing what's happening around the uh, U- uh, UK leagues. And thanks for the heads up on the women's hockey uh, links being on Free Sport as well, which would be great for everybody to to tune into. So thanks so again. Yeah. So, so thanks so much again for coming on, Scott.
2: No, my pleasure, guys. And uh, yeah, just a reminder, like we say to uh, to our listeners, to um, just support the GB Women's uh, setup and to watch games on free sports this week. And uh, also, if they want, they can follow the uh, GB Women's Hockey Twitter. So for updates and uh, latest scores, so that is at. GB women's hockey so uh, very simple Twitter handle there and um yeah we want to show support to uh to the women's game because uh you know it's really growing and there's a lot of um you know great people involved with that setup so we just want to uh to keep in encouraging and supporting those uh those plays as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said, Scott. Um, we, we know we'll be following them and uh, we'll try and tweet out as much stuff about them as we can as well. So um, best of luck to GB ladies and uh, we'll look forward to uh, discussing some positive news about that when we're next on. So uh, thanks cool. again, Scott. And, um, and we'll speak to you again hopefully next week. Yep,
2: You're welcome, guys. My pleasure as always and speak to you soon.
1: Okay. Cheers, Scott. Always so great to have Scott on the show. Um, he's such a great guy and uh and so knowledgeable especially about UK hockey and the guy's a Leafs fan so he's an absolute perfect fit for the show it's great to have him on. Um but so we're wind- we're getting towards the uh getting towards the end of this episode. Uh I think we got a few tailender um points that we wanted to make. You want to bring up something about um uh Leafs prospect?
0: Yes, uh Leafs prospect goalie uh, Joseph Wall. Uh he has been brim- he's been practicing with the Leafs a uh, couple of sessions recently. Which can give you some kind of a conspiracy kind of thing towards what might happen with goalie situation next season mm. uh, with him training with the Leafs and then you've still
1: got Clutchinson and Sparks. Yeah, so uh, um, loads of goalies hanging around still.
0: Wh- which also could make you think um, that they, they may be getting him ready instead of uh, Clutchinson in case something ha- may, may happen to one of the goalies in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and one of them, you know, you never know, one of them might become um, more of a valuable asset as a trade or whatever um then than putting them in the show. Uh t- tell me uh, tell uh, tell us that Ovechkin stat. Oh okay. Uh yeah, we'll come back to this in
0: a second. I've got some stats for this goalie but um the Ovechkin stat is that uh I believe uh unless they play a goal uh, sorry, a game last night, uh he's hit fifty one. So he's uh hit the big fifty and he's uh leading the league in uh, goals. Wow,
1: so um who's where's Mitch at? Oh uh, Mi- or Mitch, Mitch and Austin Mitch is nowhere in nowhere in the scoring.
0: JT I m- believe maybe forty? Uh JT is on forty five po- uh forty five goals, sorry. Yeah. Um he is third in the league. Uh second is Leon Dreisidel of the Edmonton Oilers. Right. And okay. then Alex Vergans the first.
1: All right, cool. Um However,
0: nope. wait, I was gonna say one thing. Yeah. Mitchie is uh, tied for eleventh with uh, in the whole league in points, in points. with
1: ninety two. And this big big pile of uh, assist points he's got like 67 it's amazing something. amazing playmaker um let's not jump back to those goalie stats we'll go we'll get onto those later but have you got a couple questions to end this thing off
0: yeah l- l- let's, let's let's get those then Alright. um
1: finn's crazy questions yeah i'll
0: give you a, a kind of a, a a quick one here and then we'll leave, then we'll end with more of a, a kind of debatey style <laughs> if okay like. all right go for it um so this is a kind of you know it or you don't um, Okay. Do I'm, I'm going to guess that I don't. Do you happen to know what the last NHL number to be worn, uh, like given out, so the last uh, number to be available and given out uh, to, uh, to by an NHL player was? Okay,
1: so if I understand this correctly, so one you're saying between the numbers of one and ninety-nine, which is the last number that was issued for the first time? Yes, that is the question. Okay, that's an excellent question. I literally just saw this while recording this podcast. Even, I if I, even if I get the number right, I'm never going to get the player right. Oh, no, you don't have to get and the I, player. And I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. But I'm going to guess. Do you want me to have a guess? Go for it. Do you know what's interesting is, um, do you know what number, uh, without looking at all your stats and whatnot, do you know what number uh, Jake Muzzin is? Uh, eight. No, he's not. Is he not? No. He He's eight now, isn't he? He's number 19.
0: Now he's eight, though. With the Leafs, he's eight. Wasn't he number 19? He was number 19, but he's eight now. So who was he 19 with? Sharks? Uh, he was, uh, no, he was with the Kings. L.A. Kings.
1: Because you have a 16, a 19, and a 91. The um, one are all combinations of the same digit turned in different directions. Uh, but that's a, that's a red herring to the question that you're asking. And I think the answer to your question is number 79. It is, in fact, not. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a Montreal Canadiens player,
0: uh, Markov, I believe. Number seventy-nine. Yes. I don't know. That was an
1: absolute guess. Um, uh, what is it? It, it uh, the number is eighty-four. Oh, I was going to say eighty-nine, which would have been slightly closer, but still equally wrong. Yes. Um. I think
0: I've got the player here. Um, the player was.
1: He's French Canadian, so you can, uh, y- yeah. Uh, oh my. Uh, this one yeah i'm gonna say that's la i don't know Some Gu- Gu-
0: Guillaume say or something yeah, uh, yeah he's a uh, montreal canadians and uh he was given the number 84 which was the last number to uh, be for the f- issued for the first time to be issued, issued for the first time
1: that's amazing cool stat. Yeah. all right what's your other question
0: and uh this last one uh you kind of hinted at it hinted to it earlier in the podcast did i and that was, should fighting be in the NHL?
1: Oh, okay. We're not going to dig too far into this one because it, it is the... Uh, it's a broad question that we could talk about for a good hour, oh but we're not God, going to. Yeah, we really couldn't. People fall into... Um, people actually fall into three camps, I believe, on this issue. Number one, people that are passionate that fighting is an integral part of the game and should stay. Number two, people that think that uh, there's no place for it in the sport anymore, that it's sort of an archaic idea and the sport has moved on. And number three, the majority of people who are somewhere in the middle and don't really care one way or the other. Yeah. And um, I am in the former camp. And maybe that's because I'm old school. I don't know. But I believe that, I still believe that fighting is an integral part of the game and, uh, and should stay in the NHL. And I know that the reason that this probably came up for you um, was because of the incident with uh, Habs guy, Paul Byron, in the last week where, um, who was it that... Punched him out. Uh, Do you remember? Mackenzie Weegar. Weegar. I think so. Mackenzie weger I think. So they had a tussle um, earlier on in the season. I think that resulted in an injury or something like that. And um, and so where this comes up, this is actually less about fighting and more about the code, the unwritten hockey code that says that uh, if you get called on for a fight, you have to take on that fight. And um, so that's basically, there's, a, you know, there's this un- uh, unwritten narrative happening around a game. And when teams come together and there's a grudge like that between two players, both of those players and everybody else on the ice know that one player is um, going to call the other player on in a fight to basically avenge whatever the issue is. And in this particular incident, uh, you've got a guy who's pretty tough, Calling on a guy who was definitely not a fighter uh, an b- excellent hockey player and um, and but the guy who was not a great fighter n- uh, felt that he to live up to the hockey code he had to stand up and fight this guy and uh, you know hung in there for about a second and a half and was almost knocked out and, yeah. uh, and they helped him off the ice and you could see that he was basically you know barely with it and yeah. now he's out with concussion. He, he was essentially unconscious, but on his feet somehow and sort of staggered off the ice, which is never never good to see. But um, that, so that situation needs to be kept separate to the issue in my mind of there being fighting in, in the league. Now that is, there's all sorts of different reasons why that is either right or wrong. And that isn't about fighting in general. To my mind, fighting in general is still for the business that you've got very valuable assets in your players that are out there on the ice. and I- every other team knows that where you've got a, a speedy casp- um, Kapanen or a, a, a fast uh, Marner or an, a hot shot shooter like Matthews, that they can really uh, damage your team by damaging that player. and that the within this league, because it's full contact, you can still have guys out there trying to h- injure those guys. And the only way that you can possibly protect yourself against that is not the rules. The rules won't protect you because after a dirty hit's been made, sure, that person, the guy who made the dirty hit might get a penalty, you might get a suspension, whatever. But the hit's been made and that player's injured and your team is now damaged. The only way that you can try and prevent that from happening is by having muscle around as a deterrent that that guy before he makes the dirty hit knows that some guy's going to come looking for him to bash his face in if he messes with your players. Yeah. And that's what the Leafs are desperately lacking at the moment, but for that reason and that reason alone, I say fighting should stay in the NHL. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot about this and um this is a definitely a topic been talked about a lot recently and especially this year uh with the amount of suspensions being handed out for like some of the pettiest stuff, like a two game suspension for like a hit to the head. Whereas, um, I know probably going back to when you were a kid and watching hockey, if some, if someone back hit in the 1800s, you're not that old. I know, I know that. Don't worry. It's okay. All right. Thanks man. Welcome. Um, uh, but if you, if you had uh, say a, say guy, uh, Darrell Sittler, for example, yeah. great player. Uh, I know you, he's your idol and you watched him when you were younger. Still love him. um, uh, but if you if you have a have a guy that's um like like that that uh, is at risk of getting hit in the head or does get hit in the head the guy that that, hit, that um that hits the guy uh will always be at risk of someone jumping off the bench probably like the, the likes of like Taidomi or something jumping off the bench and completely giving the guy the consequence of doing that to one of your players whereas um now there i i I can't remember the stat it was like a stat uh, last year there was like um the top fighter had was in the box for like 13 fights or something uh, and that was the top and if you go if you go back like even like uh, 10 years or something that number is probably like doubled right yeah and um so yeah fighting's lacking now but it but i hate it when uh good players like mcdavid for the hit to the head um get um just suspended for that for that kind of thing instead of um, going back to the the whole hockey roots thing of uh, being uh, at risk of having to fight one of the tough guys on the other team and there that is the, the prime reason why um, fighting was written into the game into the rule book because um, if you go to like a, like a, a football or soccer or whatever um, if you fight someone on the pitch you could be up for being fined or like uh, going to court or something like it will be like a genuine lawful offense. Yep. Um but in hockey that's the reason why they wrote it into the into the rule book so it's not a criminal offense you're allowed to do it. And um there's the, as I said that there is there's a reason for that. And the reason is uh, to stop uh, your your as you said uh, your star players getting hit wrong or um targeted. Um the NHL is not going to ever be able to, no matter what they do. They're never going to be able to stop people gunning like uh the likes of Tom Wilson or uh, Marsha, and they're never never, never going to stop those guys from gunning for some of your star players. Because uh, in a playoff situation, you're going to do what your what your team needs you to do, even if that means taking like a ten game suspension for but but taking
1: the ne- the other team's best player out the whole playoffs. Yeah, I think we're pretty much saying the same thing. So it's a it's a good topic, and um and we are we'd be really interested in knowing what your thoughts are on that. Um, uh, anybody listening, so uh, do hit us up. Uh, you can DM us on uh, any of the social media places. Instagram's a great place to get a hold of us or Twitter um, or come at us through the website or Facebook group or wherever. But yeah, we'd be interested to know what you think. Um, but we should get out of here. Okay. Uh, I did want to say um, a couple shout-outs to um, some people that we've connected with since the last show uh, thats uh, that we've either chatted with or started following us on Twitter or whatever. Uh Rachel Cartwright, a uh, great hockey player here um, in, uh, in the UK. Um, is uh, I connected with her and had a bit of a chat with her on Twitter. And I know she's an awesome hockey player. So hey to uh, Rachel, if you're out there listening. Also, uh, Chrissy Newman, um, another, uh, another great hockey player. Um, number 11, I think, for the bees. And uh, Natalie Aldridge, uh, another s- badass hockey player, all these amazing um, athletes uh, getting in touch with us, and it's really great. and we and we really appreciate it. So um, for those of you that are still playing on your teams and and uh, your leagues are still uh, still going for the season, best of luck. And for those of you playing for GB, we're behind you all the way. Uh, a few shout outs to some of our faves um, in in the world of hockey. Uh, the uh, great, great people at uh, True Hockey who provide the UK hockey fam with all our sticks. Um, we even, even the youngest member of the Uha- UK hockey fam is uh, back on the ice again this week. Yep. Uh, with a True XC5, I think he's a lefty. Yeah, he has like a thirty-five flex <laughs> XC5. It's like awesome, a craziness. Awesome. And uh, and I know you and I both use XC's and um, we, we love them as well. Uh, XC9 is probably the best stick out there. Uh, so hats off to True. Um, also, Sherwood Hockey, who have been great and have given us various bits and pieces of swag that we've given out over social media and stuff. Um, stop. Great. great friends of ours in Sheffield. Family uh, owned and operated a uh, big old hockey shop up in Sheffield. Stop in and see them and tell them that UK Hockey Fam sent you. Uh, they're great people there. Uh, who else we got, Finn? Uh, Bionic Skate Blades. Yeah. Uh, Favorite Skate Blades. I still
0: haven't had to sharpen them.
1: Yeah. All season. I've almost played a full uh, season. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And they barely dulled. That's crazy. We got to get in touch with those guys and let them know that because that's an incredible stat. Yeah. Um, i can't believe that that you're still going on a on a single sharpen there it's almost unbelievable um and i'm gonna sneak and sharpen them when you're not looking (laughs) uh but yeah bionic skate blades they're amazing anybody that hasn't tried them um they are around i think you can get them at puck stop that's where we got ours put on and uh i think you can get them at all-star sports in swindon which is owned by our mate ian clark um big big shout out to clarky another great guy uh, another indie shop uh around uh, if you're in the ra- around the sort of southwest or uh wiltshire area who S- else uh sports screen yeah sports screen i was just uh, saw a post by them on uh, on facebook just before we came on we've got a sports screen here and uh we absolutely love it and if you haven't seen one or you haven't had a go on one and you're anywhere around oxfordshire feel free to drop by we've al- always got a bucket of pucks out Sticks left and right. If you want to have a whack uh, at the sports screen, do drop in. Yeah, um, cu- a couple clothing brands we have. Uh, Crosscheck Clothing. Yeah, uh, Beer League Republic. We also love. Um, I think that should we leave it there? Yeah, why not? All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We're so grateful to to see you coming back week after week. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like it, hey, tell it. Uh, tell tell your hockey friends. How about that? Here's our challenge to you over the week. Tell two or three of your hockey friends about us and see if they'd uh, see if they like to have a listen. Who knows, they might like us. Yeah,
0: and uh, as always, make sure uh, if you have a question or anything you want us to uh, answer on the podcast, uh, then just, uh, as you said earlier, uh, just DM us on I- uh, any of our social medias. Uh, drop us an email as well. And, uh, yeah, thanks about it.
1: We're out. Speak you to game you game next time. See you guys. This game you can name is the good old hockey game.